The European Space Agency wants a new time zone on the moon to make communication easier in a landscape soon to be cluttered with spacecraft. Lunar missions planned worldwide over the next decade number in their dozens. NASA plans a mission to send the first astronauts to the moon in more than 50 years. China also aims to land its first crew on the moon around the end of the decade. And the more satellites and base camps installed there makes timekeeping a big issue. With us to explain how this might work is Head of Physics at University of Auckland, Jan Aldridge. Good evening, Jan. Sure, Susanna. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It, it's a bit late here. It, it's close to my bedtime. Yeah, um, no, I'm with you. So let's talk about time zone on the moon. Time zone on the moon. Sorry, I'm really slurring my words, but it's just I think Friday night, Friday night itis. It, it's a curious thing. I can't quite get my head around how to calculate it. So I'm delighted that you can. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we should think about what what the current situation is. Which, when I found out about it, you got to think it's actually a bit crazy. It's like you, you set your time on the moon to wherever you took off from. It's like us going to Australia and you're meeting a friend who's coming there from Europe and you're saying, we'll meet about three o'clock. But the time when you get to Australia, you, you haven't changed your clock and so you're still going with the time that you had from New Zealand or from Europe. And of course, you can't meet. Um, and so that's kind of, I assume, why they're kind of really doing this because it's not so much about trying to meet people. It's probably the opposite, trying to make sure that you don't bump into somebody else because if you're not sure where you are and when you're going to be there, you might actually collide with people. And especially if we're going to be sending people there, we really want to try and make sure it's, you make it as safe as possible for them to be there. Um, but, you know, we've already got some of this kind of time zone going already because we have the International Space Station. And that's set on um, Universal Coordinated Time, or UTC. But when we go to the moon, we can maybe use that. But there's a few other kind of complications that we have to worry about. Um, one of them is, you know, how do we link days there? Because, I mean, while we can say, um, like, the hours and the minutes, a day on the moon is 29 and a half Earth days. So, you know, do we just maybe forget completely what the uh, days are for the moon and we just, like, use a month, maybe? Um, and, like, you have so many thousand hours in a month rather than um, so many hours in a day. Um, that's kind of confusing. But the other thing that's really weird is that the time is going faster on the moon. And so for every day here, a clock on the moon is running about 56 millionths of a second faster than it is on Earth. And so you'd have to keep on having leap seconds every so often to try and make sure your clocks are still um, on sync. So what do we do? It feels very complicated, but I know there has to be a way. I mean, there has to be, right? That's a lot of activity that I just rattled through (laughs) that's pending to say nothing of what's already underway. So what's the answer? Is there an answer? Well, we probably will have to use something like just linking it to UTC or Universal Coordinated Time. And so if that's good for space, that's fine. But then how how do we change that between um, that and when when we go to other planets? Because... I mean, this is the interesting thing when you think about it. This is the first time we're actually saying we're going to not we're we're going to stop thinking about time zones on the Earth, and we're going to go and think about time on another world. Um, and of course, if we're ever going to go to Mars or something in centuries in the future, we're going to have the same problem. And um, 
there's probably some very good ideas, but literally we, we don't know exactly what the best way is because you've got to think about all the different things. And that's why um, ESA are trying to, or the European Space Agency are probably trying to say we need to work this out because one is what do we actually do? Yes, UTC using the same time um, that we have on Earth is a really good idea, but we're going to need to somehow change it or make sure we have, like, you know, we, we know that every... Um, year on Earth, we need to have a, a leap day. Every four years on Earth, sorry, we need to have a leap day to make sure our time is stays in sync with how we're going around the sun. The same is going to be true, in, true on the moon. And so we actually kind of have to work out when and where we might put leap seconds um, to make sure that, that the clock stay linked to where we are on Earth. Um, and it's just kind of, it's an interesting question because this is where it's one of those things where it'll be great and really simple when we find out what the answer is, <laughs> but it's going to take a number of people talking to each other. And it's not just deciding what we're going to be doing. It's okay. Who keeps that time? Who's the person or who's the community that will say like, this is the time and tell everyone else. Um, because we have the, what is it? The international atomic time agency at the moment who set UTC by um, something like 200 atomic clocks around the earth. Whose job is it going to be to set these time? on the moon and, and make sure everyone else follows it. Um, because, you know, some people might suddenly, a country could ignore it if they wanted to go to the moon. Um, but that would be at their own peril. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I, I, I literally do not know what the answer is. And I think that's the interesting thing at the moment. We've got some good hints of the things we need to consider. But trying to solve out exactly what it is, is a difficult problem. It definitely is. And also, because as I'm listening to you speaking, I'm thinking, so we've got the task of working out how to do it. And then we have the added human task of agreeing that that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and then we have the other human aspect, which is actually getting it done. Yeah. Um, right. But at the same time, we have a very, very real pressing situations that are going to require us to resolve these aspects of, <laughs> of this yeah. riddle. I mean, and who's tasked with that? So there's a European Space Agency that I've, you know, headed off this conversation with. And then you've named the International Atomic Time Agency. Are they all separate from each other? I mean, how does, is there any one specific organisation that they're all a member of? Uh, No, that's a surprising thing because, you know, the the atomic time people, they, they only worry about Earth time. Everyone else is worrying about space, you know, and, and I mean, the solution to all of this is to have, to have like the moon be its own country and then it could decide what those times are. But the problem is the moon is a, I mean, space itself is legally complicated how it relates between the different countries. Um, so this would actually probably at some point probably even needs to involve the United Nations because, you know, that is how worlds speak together. And that is the legal framework, as far as I remember, for going to space. And so it will be a combination, basically, of the different space agencies. So while ESA here has realized that, yes, this is something we need to do, they're going to have to go and talk to NASA, they're going to have to go and talk to the Chinese Space Agency, they're going to have to go and talk to JAXA from Japan, because, and also the private companies. So, for example, Rocket Lab, if I remember correctly, have launched um, small sample missions towards the moon. And so, you know, even New Zealand has this impact in there. And so it's all of these people, again, having to talk to each other. And maybe is it government agencies that are probably going to lead this? Yes. But we need to make sure that private enterprise can also gain access to it, um, because that's really one of the ways to make space travel and access to space cheaper and more accessible for many other different types of applications is to make sure that businesses can also gain access to this. 
so yeah again there's no one agency i think it sounds like ESA is really trying to lead this but they're going to have to bring everyone else on board with it and um, to make that final decision at some point ideally in the future in decades when maybe there is a longer lasting base on the moon which has its problems it is difficult it is decades away but you know then then you would actually say over okay now it's over to the um the the, the moon the moon people <laughs> which um, I never thought I'd say that in a radio interview, uh, the moon people to actually decide what the uh, lunar time is. Um, because, you know, I mean, it, it kind of goes back also, maybe if you want to think about it in this way, it's a bit like air traffic control. Whenever a plane flies to a place, you know, they're talking to the ground control and they're using their control and their time. And that's kind of one aspect of this that eventually you can see in decades it will be the moon, or if we ever go to Mars in centuries ahead, it's going to be Mars having to set up its own time and making sure that as people fly in towards it, they switch over to using their time zone. Were you going to say Mars people, or were you going to say Martians? Um, uh, no comment. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to leave it right there, but it is a beautiful, ginormous, open-ended question, and I look forward to continuing the conversation with you at another time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Kaki Te.